Welcome to We Are The Watchers. This is episode 310. Wow, top of the day to you, Tox. Thank you very much, Leah. 310. 310. It's a good one. That's a good amount. That feels like, you know, we went, yay, 300, all right, just back into it. But 310 feels Solid. like accomplishment. Yeah. Um, we're celebrating with a lovely cup of tea. Yeah, we're hardcore here. And some ginger nut biscuits. We're hardcore here. Is, is your mouth okay? Because they were scolding. No, that it's actually it's okay. been long enough. Okay, so that that's <laughs> I was right. like, oh, well, this can be an interesting podcast if you can't talk. We're going to be talking about Fargo season five, the first episode. I know there are two out as of this recording. It's probably a third one, mm. um, but we're just going to talk about the first one so that if you haven't started yet, catch up, catch up, Join get an in. idea, love yourself sick because it's got John Hamm in it, right? It has. A cast of thousands. Yeah, you're not wrong about that, actually. Uh, okay, let's do that. There's a quiz about a particular Aussie actress. Mm. But first we have to get into the... Now. For a visual representation of this audio, check out the Watchers podcast on Instagram. Now, John Hamm <laughs> in Fargo Again. Season 5. He looks like he's going to be a bear boy. Mm. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he is. So what I think is um, there's going to be many complex layers of it, but we'll talk oh, yeah. about that later because what I want to discuss about John Hamm is he wants to be asked to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, of course he does. I mean, all the actors have done Who it, wouldn't? right? You know, it's funny. I think John Hamm is multifaceted. I think he's brilliant. I heard him having a conversation about Bravo and Beverly Hills Housewives with like full conviction in his, I guess. Was he really knowledgeable? Like he knew exactly what he was he talking about? He knew exactly what he was talking about. He had made a decision. He'd watched it. He'd understood it. And he'd so it was made a if decision. if you know, you know kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, look. Some of it related to stuff that was about a housewife's ex-husband who was a was an amazing attorney but turned out to be a little bit of shifty bugger and stole millions from survivors and stole it to buy his wife gifts and John Hamm was all over it. So, look, some of it would have been in the press I lo- is what I I'm saying. I love what you said. He was all over it. He was all over it. He was a detective. And so judgmental, so judgmental that the housewife then hit back in a different podcast about John Hamm. Really? Anyway, I digress. John Hamm and Marvel. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, I was enjoying listening so much of meeting my ginger. I mean, he's just endless fun, isn't he? I have liked almost, I I reckon everything he's been in, I've really enjoyed. What was the first thing you really enjoyed? It was probably Mad Men, I think, was probably the first one. But then that Black Mirror episode where he... You you shock me. I thought you were going to say 30 Rock. Oh, (laughs) yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're so right. That's way better. Yeah, the doctor who's like Mm -hmm. accident prone. That's hilarious. (laughs) He's so beautiful but so stupid. Uh, anyway, he said about Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, I haven't finished what my ranking oh my, my John Hamm. We have Sorry. really gone off on a tangent. Obviously, Thirty Rock, yeah. Mad Men, iconic. Yes, please, particularly for the second season, don't underestimate the power of John Hamm in Good Omens. Ooh, 
very funny show and it's very English. Now, usually if something's incredibly English, you're like, oh, how's the American going to go in it? But I've seen him in Travel Man Uh with Richard Ayoade and they were brilliant. And he's been in a lot of stuff over in the UK and he gets it. He gets it. Like he gets it. And then to have him in Fargo and what I've seen of him so far in Fargo, he gets it. And I think maybe John Hamm could easily be our friend. 100%. When you were talking and saying he gets it, you know, the 30 times you said it, I was like, yeah, he gets it because he's normal. He would be one of us. He's one of our friends. He'd be one of us. Who just doesn't know it yet. But he'd be a way funnier friend than us. Like yeah. he'd he'd be the clever funny one, and we'd be like, oh, I can't, oh my my punchline, I can't, I can't. My yeah. my go at that joke was really bad. Just have stop. a laugh, just, just have a laugh. Just let him take yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, he said about Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know, and I went, that's a weird start. But then he went on to say those decisions get made at such a high level at this point. Yeah. Definitely above my pay grade, so I have no idea if I'm going to be asked or not. He said, I would I mean, love- above his pay grade because he's not getting paid. Oh, yeah, you don't get paid because you're not part of the cinematic universe yet. He said, I would love to. I've been a fan of Marvel comics and comics in general since probably single digits. I could imagine that, but yeah. not like over the top, you know. just nah, just a boy. Yeah, a comic boy, books. loves his comic books. He said, um, there are tons of stories that I'm familiar with, at least um, that are still out there to be told. So, Who would he be? You know, this is not Marvel. Yeah. But... I wouldn't mind seeing him in a reboot mm. of Inspector Gadget. <gasps> Wasn't it Steve Carell? Was it, was that... No, it was Matthew, Brodbrick. Matthew Brod- Broderick. Broderick. Yeah, he's yeah, he's totally Inspector Gadget. That would be really good, wouldn't it? <gasps> yep. Apparently, he was really, really close to playing Mister Sinister in in a sequel, um, which was scrapped to the new mutants but that was all before like disney bought 20th century fox so maybe it will happen again maybe not who knows but uh yeah i just think maybe it's worthwhile talking about john ham for a while because he's really cool and we'd like him to be our friend so if you're listening yes we live in australia you'll love it also Seeing you're going to be our friend, mm. could you bring your friend Tina Fey? You know, why not? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We do this really fun we do, Christmas so fun. quiz yeah. for the podcast and I think you and Tina Fey would be, what, <gasps> like pretty pretty schmick at it? The quiz and also the play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Actors, actors. Yeah. No, we can't have them. But they could be team captains for the quiz. I love that idea. You know I've written yeah. all the questions. Are they Tina Fey and John Hamm related? Because we can't, are we'd have they? to like switch them around because you can't ask hmm, a team captain remember. a question about themselves. That's Look, just I, don't wanna, I obviously can't give too much away because I don't want people to do research. Yeah, you don't want to do research. Okay, yeah, That's right. All yeah. I can say is there are 20 of them. It's more than the six. Yeah. I feel like I did 20 last year as well, though. I think 20 is a good amount. It's good. 10 each, see how you go. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Another one. He's great. You know, like mm. think about all the things you've seen him in. I think probably the first one would be Clueless. 
And you're yeah, the first yeah, one yeah, I've seen yeah, him yeah, in, but yeah. he was in Friends. All the things you've seen him in. He's in everything. He is in everything, including the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. where he plays Ant-Man. But he said he had to endure a horrible and restrictive diet for his role in oh, Ant-Man. Oh, shame. Oh, oh no. Dear, I'm so sad for you. He said it was terrible. He said my reward was sparkling water. Yeah. That's how horrible the diet was. I was like, all right, I'm going to have some sparkling water now because I've earned it. You'd have to be like, don't eat the potatoes. Millions of dollars. Millions Remember of the dollars. suit. Remember the You've suit. Got to wear the suit. Remember. You're going to look, have it. There Remember. is a thing as social media and people are cruel. And how big those screens are when people go and watch movies. Yeah. Just remember. I mean, he could take a $1 million pay cut and just say, spend that $1 million and CGI me into gorgeousness. Why haven't people done that? And they have. It's called Photoshop. Oh, yeah, sure. They just don't talk about it. They pretend they've been they've on these sparkling it, yeah, water sparkly. diets. Yeah, oh, Paula, on to you. <laughs> you can't get away from us that easily. But the last thing that I've enjoyed him in was, of course, Only Murders in the Building oh, Season 3. Yeah. You know, what a twist and turn for that character and most of the others as well. But you just think about all the things you learned about him. Hey, Eddie. darling. How are you? What have you been watching lately? He was, um, uh, hi, Ed. He was noticeably absent last week uh, because Chester was here in his place. And um, we mentioned it, but also it was also commented on. So he's back. We didn't even ask him. He's just arrived. So, Eddie? Eddie? He's gone to bed now. So, shh. Another (laughs) night. Okay. Nicholas Holt, who is. Super cool. First thing I think I saw him in was about a boy. Mm. Tony Collette and, of course, Hugh Grant, but uh, Nickus, Nickus. Nick is <laughs> Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Nick as Holt. <laughs> He's joining the movie Superman Legacy. Yeah. And he will play Lex Luthor. Yeah. That sounds yeah. cool. This is the one where James Gunn's like, I'm going to reboot everything DC and it's going to be great. And anyway, John Cryer, do you remember he was in Pretty in Pink and then yeah. Two and a Half Men? He was he was Lex Luthor in the CW, like in all that Arrowverse uh-huh. stuff. I don't know, a few years ago. Anyway, he reckons Nicholas will absolutely crush this. He will kill it. I feel uncomfortable calling him Nicholas. I'm pretty sure he's a Nick, right? Like he would be. Like <gasps> He's I'd- an NIC. Oh, yeah, he Isn't would he? be. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. And I see. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I think that even though people call her Sandy in real life, I think I'd prefer to call Sandra Bullock Sandra. No, no, that's a lie. I would prefer to call her Sandra Bullock for a while. I was just about to (laughs) say, I'm like, she's clearly not a Sandy. She is not a Sandra. She's like, she's not a Karen's next door neighbor. She's Sandra Bullock. I wouldn't mind just saying Bullock. Bully. But she's not a bully. Sandock. (laughs) (laughs) That blew it out. Sorry. Oh, gosh. 
I'm going to be all right. The heat, the heat got you now. Oh, yeah. It's not cool enough yet now, is it? (laughs) It's supposed to come out in July 2025, so we are ages away. But another person that I wanted to comment on because I thought you would be interested is Skylar Gasondo. Now, he was in the reboot of the Vacation movie. He was the son. Oh, yeah. He was in Santa Clarita Diet and he was in The Resort. If you haven't seen The Resort yet, watch it. That was such a good movie, uh, series, sorry. But he'll play Jimmy Olsen. And you're like, of course he will. Mm. That's exactly who he is. I feel like he has the comic timing of the greats. The Chevy Chase. That's chases, a really good way of saying it. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, wait, wait a second. What was that one with? Um. Oh my gosh, I've gone blank. Christina Applegate. Um. Oh, Dead to Me. He he wasn't in Dead to Me, was he? With Christina Applegate. Was he? Was he the son? No. 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 It's in my head, I yeah. Yeah. It was probably I'm thinking the vacation, which we still need to rewatch because it is well worth it. Margot Robbie has been asked. Probably a thousand times or more, mainly because Barbie was so successful. So everybody keeps saying to her, is there any chance of a sequel? Any chance of a sequel? She's basically shut it down and she said, I think we put everything into, we've put everything into this one. Mm. We didn't build it in to be a trilogy or something. Greta put everything into this movie so I can't imagine what be, what would be next. And I agree. I agree too. I, I feel like it is such a force for itself that if we we I'm part of the team yeah she's if we were (laughs) if we were to do a sequel it would diminish the strength of the first I agree I also think yes all of that like the whole entire film was amazing but that ending they landed that ending so well Mm. in a way that I didn't expect yeah I would hate them to go, okay, now for more. I'm like, no, no, that was that's all, that was the best mic drop walk off. Yes. Curtains closed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll do a lot of other things for Mattel, but they won't do that. So they, I, I know they were talking about Polly Pocket and that. I just I'm not feeling it. I'm not sure. That was the Lena Derman, Der, Dernham one, right? Yeah, I think so. Look. It may be completely different, and I think it has to be. I think it, it has, has to be to really, be really different. So different because there will be people who will be trying now to copy Barbie, mm. try and find what that you know magic in the bottle or whatever the saying yeah. is. But I think um, you you need to not copy it if you want the success. Yeah, you can't just pick up the next toy. That's the problem, right? Let's make it into it. We all want that, but we don't want it. We all actually just want something original Mm. like that Barbie film. And the reason why it worked is because Barbie is iconic. Yeah. Everybody has, whether it's a big story or a little story, everybody has a story from childhood. They started big, you know, and like she said, Greta put everything into that movie. Mm. She she reached for the stars. What's What's the song from it? Oh, I was about to sing S Club 7 for you. Mm, <laughs> no. Dance, dance the night away. away. That's right. Yeah. It's now time for watching suggestions. Got a watching suggestion? Email thewatcherspodcast at gmail.com. So I've decided we're getting so close to Christmas now, I'm not going to do a weekly Christmas thing. Instead, oh. I think what we're going to do in a couple of weeks okay. – is so okay this th- this is going to be the 
the order. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Christmas movie episode yep. where we just talk about that. Yep. Maybe news or not, I don't know. Then we will do the, the Watchersville Christmas quiz. Mm-hmm. Then between Christmas and New Year will be the – sorry, uh, Watchersville play, then the quiz between Christmas and New Year, and then we will do the top five. Nice. That's the order. So we have to wait until <laughs> That's that hard because I watched a Christmas movie this week. You can't talk about it. for you. Well, you can tell me. You can oh gosh, tell me. I really, like it's killing me not to say anything. I almost want to say just the title. Just say and the you title. Need to go just say the title okay. and we'll all go and watch it. Leah, I almost don't want you to watch it because I, I want to be able to, I want to be the person who describes it to you. Okay. okay. But I want everybody else to watch it all in right. the meantime. Okay. So you can close your ears for a second. Everybody, I want you to watch on Netflix Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. You're welcome. Not because it's good, but because it's oh, really it's great. It's it's like Hallmark, right? Oh, it's okay. It's Hallmark gone Broadway. Cool. Yeah. Wait, okay. can I, I'm just gonna build. I'm just gonna build this seat, the opening scene for you. Okay, me or for you? Okay, for, you, for everyone. Okay. It opens Mm -hmm. and Dolly Parton is dressed as a homeless beggar. (laughs) It's brilliant. Is she glamorous? Yeah, it's Dolly Parton. I mean, there's a couple of like smudged Mm. eyeshadows, but, you know, she's got the rag blanky thing over her head and, you know, the gloves with no fingers in them because only homeless people have those. No one else wears them. Because when you're homeless, you can't have fingertips, can you? I mean, I mean, the... Pretty convenient, right? Well, you can't touch can't your iPhone your, you can't, yeah. unless you get those special gloves and homeless people can't afford those special gloves. But it's every cliche on crack. Okay, I'm so excited. I will definitely watch it <laughs> even though I didn't. I was told that, no, I was allowed, not? I didn't listen to the title. Is that right? I don't know. All right, go and watch it. I won't watch it until you tell me to. But you remember we were talking about, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, the Seth Rogen one? Yeah. About the three blokes? Yeah. The night before. We have to rewatch it. Yeah, it let's is do so it. funny. Let's do it. Okay, the night before. Everybody go and watch that. Everybody. Then, <laughs> everybody in the club getting tipsy. <laughs> this, what have you put in this tea? <laughs> okay, so we're not going to talk about Christmas. In, instead... We're going to talk about something individually, but now we're going to talk about Fargo Season 5, just Episode 1. Mm. Now, this is coming out on SBS On Demand in Australia. Mm-hmm. I believe it's FX in the Gorillas. And if you're elsewhere, like Spain, the UK, I'm trying to think of places where a lot of people listen, Germany, New Zealand, mm. uh, you might have to Google that yourself because um, – I've broken all my fingers just now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Okay, first off, this is set in 2019. Yes. So very recent because the one before was uh, like the 1950s or something, right? 1950s or 60s. This is 2019. I don't want to shock you, but it's set in Minnesota. Well, it has to be. It's Fargo. Exactly. So the accents are back except one person 
mm. has a southern accent. Did you notice Jennifer Jason Lee? Yes. Her accent is a little southern. Yeah. Now, I started to doubt myself because of the Fargo accent. I was like, oh, maybe I maybe maybe it is the Fargo accent because I only know the Fargo accent, which mm. is the Minnesota accent, because of Fargo. So maybe I'm like, maybe it is that, but she's doing like a more authentic or one from north the northern suburbs or oh, what, what, whatever, but no, the more I listened, I was like, it's, it's a southern accent. There's something so to I'm do with that. I'm excited about more of her backstory to find out yeah. why her voice, why her voice, why her accent, why yes. she is not. Because everything in Fargo is intentional. For a reason, that's right. Yes. Uh, Dot Dorothy mm-hmm. Lyon, mm-hmm. she is the main character, at least for now. <laughs> it always <laughs> changes, doesn't it? And she gets arrested within, what, the first three minutes of the, the episode? Yeah, probably not even. For tasering someone in the police movie theatre and then a police yeah. officer. Yes, yeah, so two people. And she's very worried about her fingerprints going on the national database. Mm. And the cop sort of mm. laughed at her and said, ha, 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 you're not a fugitive or, or something, are you? And she was like, ha, ha, ha. And then the look was like, mm, yeah, there's something that I'm trying to hide here. There's a lot of question marks around Dot, a lot. I mean, she is the... Female, adult female equivalent of Kevin McAllister Mm -hmm. from Home Alone. Mm -hmm. And when I say intentional, that was 100% intentional. I mean, you and I have watched this episode separately and we both said the exact same thing. Yeah. Down to things on the ground that would make somebody slip over and fall. Absolutely. Except the injuries or the uh, outcomes of the injuries of her booby traps uh, is sometimes a lot more gruesome. Not PG. (laughs) Than Home Alone. Uh, First episode, just a very quick sort of look at John Hamm. I know I've seen a little bit of the second episode, so we we learn a bit more about him. Mm. But I won't give anything away in case, you know. It was a weird first glance at him. Like, I still can't figure out if it was the connection was happening in real time. Like, is there a connection? Mm. Or is it just, was it just a way of connecting the two characters who are very separated but have a past? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I thought it was interesting that we saw a Christmas dinner Mm. with Dot's parents-in-law which is Jennifer Jason Lee and, you know, the family. And it was very cold and stark and I was a bit confused because I was like, is it Christmas or is it Halloween? And the answer is it is Halloween. For some reason they're having their Christmas dinner Well, they were early. doing their Chris, their family Christmas photo. Yeah. In front of the Christmas tree. Which was very funny and I won't say what the props are. But, but you're going to love it. Very American. Oh. Um, and then... It cuts over to John Hamm with a group of people and I noticed, you know, the, the, the family was a very, um, like Dot's family, it was very sort of cold, blues, greys, bluey greys mm. and then we go over to, to him and the, it's this kind of yellowy brown Yeah, almost like by warm firelight, you know. But it didn't feel friendly, did it? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, neither of them did. Oh, no, there was no friendship. You knew no from, friendship. from the name from, Fargo. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> very true. But you knew from the outside shot of the house of Dot's 
parents-in-law, you were like, oh, this is not the place you really want to no, be. I, don't want to I mean, lovely, huge, big mansion. Cold. But no. Yep. In terms of atmosphere, very cold. No, ambiance, cold ambiance. Mm. So, so many twists and turns will happen. I'm interested to see what the connection is with one of the other Fargo seasons because they always kind of do that, remember? Yeah. There's always somebody. And the problem, of course, is I feel like it's been ages since I watched, particularly season four, and it was set in the 1950s. So how are we going to figure out the connection between yeah. it if there is one? Or is it going to be a connection with maybe season one or season two with Kirsten Dunst, remember? That one potentially was set. Oh, was that the 70s or early 80s? But you've got mm. that chance of maybe a connection there. Maybe it's the Ewan McGregor season three connection. So I'm very uh, interested to see season. that. That I was a good season because I felt that was that that was more um, contemporary. Far more contemporary, yes. So we may be either circling that or not. I was kind of shocked when I saw that this one was 2019. I was like, oh. Well, initially in the first sort of 30 seconds, I think they have some sort of music that, I took as 1970s music and then the theatre that they were in kind of looked and she had a jacket on I think that was a bit like retro. Mm. So I thought it was the 19, I thought it was the 1970s. There is a style to Fargo that could be a bit of a time lapse. Yeah, I remember the, the movie itself was set in the 90s but there were yeah. decor and whatnot in particularly her house. Yeah. Um, Francis McDormand's house that was um, very kitsch, mm. 1970s. I am so looking forward to getting through this Me season. Too. I think Me it's too. going to be so much fun. Uh, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. We're going to have that wonderful quirky Fargo comedy and humour and, of course, a bit of violence in there as yeah. well. I hope you would join us along for this. Yeah, absolutely. So, journey, Fargo journey. And because it's getting released weekly, we, we're probably going to check in with it weekly. Uh, this one we've only got, we're only going to talk about the first episode, mm -hmm. but maybe next week we'll talk about episode two and three. Yeah. So we will do kind of spoilers because we want to sort of go along with it. But you do have time to catch up. Absolutely, yeah. And it's on SBS On Demand, so if you're in Australia, that's free. Mm. All right, what else have you been watching? Funny you talk about SBS On Demand because I have been watching stuff on SBS On Demand. Oh, my word. I know. I have been watching a documentary by Jess Hill called Asking For It. Now, a while ago I spoke about one of her documentaries which was called Look What You Made Me Do and it was about domestic violence in I Australia. I do recall the name, yeah. yeah. So this one is her looking into essentially the argument and the push for a new era of consent and what sexual violence in Australia and around the world, but particularly in Australia, what it is meaning for people, how it's changing the landscape of how people date, how people, I guess, even communicate with each other and um, a big push of that consent should be taught in schools. One really interesting kind of scary statistic was the greatest amount of sexual violence is perpetrators are between the age of 14 and 19 males. That's young. But it also makes sense. They haven't figured it out yet. They haven't. And it's the exact same thing of like, okay, it's not the same thing. I don't want to equate it to this, but I'm kind of equating it to it, is, you know, we don't give people 
a driver's license until they're that age and then they have to continue to build the levels of their license until they are considered an ordinary (laughs) sensible person. I will see that and I will raise it to that is why pea platers drive so erratically Mm -hmm. and um, not aggressively but they, they, they take it's risks egotistical. and chances because they think that that's cool and that's like they're better than everyone else. They're entitled else. to it. And that's why insurance companies yeah. raise the premiums because until you're over 25. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very interesting documentary. It's quite graphic and of survivors talking about what they've gone through and for me – you know, I've read the news and I've watched a lot of those crime docos and things like that and crime series, but nothing ever put things quite into such raw perspective as this. Like Grace Tame, who was the Australian of the Year and she was groomed by a teacher, um, she actually speaks about what happened and it's horrific. It's the power dynamics are so off. It's of course it's icky, but it's really icky. And I actually think it's important that people talk about that. And that's her whole slogan is listen to me now and, you know, you'll hear my voice. But it's a fantastic doco. Jess Hill is an incredible journalist and her storytelling ability is wonderful and it cre- like creeps you in. It seeps you in and she goes to corners that you probably would never want to go to but she does it and in a really humble honest presentation of it she's not is it a touch of the louis thoreau's or not really no i i mean we watch louis in the way that we know he's sort of in a way manipulating people to get their idea she's really listening like really listening it's an incredible one it's called asking for it i suggest everybody just give it a go it's heavy but it's important just one? There are three episodes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it definitely has a story arc that starts and finishes that if you watched one, yes, you would get a taster for it and you'd go, okay, yeah, that's a great story. But if you really want to see what's happening in Australia in terms of laws and education, you need to watch the three. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Look, it's funny because I also watched a documentary (laughs) and it's a little icky as well. It's called Escaping Twin Flames. Now, Twin Flames is what uh, a lot of people who have gotten out of it or a lot of people who have lost their family members to it are calling a cult. Ooh. It's a lot of that sort of spirituality, you know, um, now we're kind of moving further into spirituality so much so that we're now going to equate what we're doing to God mm. and maybe we're going to set up a church but yeah. probably because they don't because it's non-profit and they don't have to pay as many taxes yes. that's probably what we're going yes. to do that's what we'll do yeah that's what we'll do so it's about these uh well this married couple his name is Jeff and her name is Shayla Shalia Shalia and they basically start courses, online courses like on Zoom or whatever, yeah. um, to help people understand and find their twin flame. So twin flame is mm-hmm. basically a soulmate, but a different word for it. Mm-hmm. So they call them. They they call their. Um, I'm going to call it a cult. 
They're called the Twin Flame Universe. Yep. And they get people in, tell them that, um, you know, oh, that ex, that ex was actually your twin flame, so you have to pursue them. Oh. And they're like, but but we've broken up. They said they didn't. No, you. I'm telling you that is your twin flame. You have to follow them so much so that then that person gets a restraining order. Um, twin flame is this person who is also in the the twin flame universe oh okay really yeah but he can't leave his state because he has been arrested for something Mm -hmm. so you've got to go so you've got to go there he's like 10 years older than me i'm like early 20s no that's that's your twin flame okay i don't really know this person Mm -hmm. um you two have been dating for a couple of like i'm talking about separate people yeah Yeah, you two have been dating for a couple of months so now we think you should get married and become the poster children for Mm um our 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 cult yeah if, if you could do that oh really yeah no you have to okay um, I don't have a lot of money and your courses cost a lot. Well, maybe you could work for us and mm. the payment will be the courses. Yes. Will I get any money? No. Mm, maybe maybe we'll take 50% of everything you make, um, but that 50% that you make you have to spend on the courses. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a twin flame and most of the members in the twin flame universe are all women and we're running out of men. That's okay. We think that some people are, I can't remember the term, I think some people are divine masculine, divine feminine. Mm. So you're, oh, you know what, we've had a bit of a chant and a uh, mm. meditate about it. You're a div- divi- divine masculine, um, so you'll be paired with that other lady. Oh, but I'm not attracted to women. No, that's okay because you actually uh, don't know you are. So you, you are, you yeah. are, and maybe, maybe because you're the masculine. Can you change your pronouns? Is that okay? Maybe cut your hair. You know, you're gonna have yeah. to dress more masculine. Just all of that. Now, after the first episode, I think I told you. I said I'm not sure how much of this I can watch because yeah. it's pretty heavy. And like icky, like yeah. you're just like, oh, people are just getting manipulated. Yep. Like their brains are going to not recover from this completely. I think there were four episodes and I managed to get through them. Mm, okay. Uh, but I, I had to kind of take – I was watching it on my iPad and walking around doing stuff because yeah. that made it easier yeah. instead of sitting there just watching the television because it was absorbing. Too, yeah, it. exactly. So it was a bit, it was a bit better. They're, they're yucky people. Um, they say they don't have a cult. There were plans for them to, I think it was moved to Michigan because uh, he, Jeff, found this land and he wanted to build a church so all the members could build the church for, yeah. for them, you know, and all that sort of stuff. It's just like cult 101 stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, escaping twin flames. These documentaries are so fascinating as to human and human behavior and how everybody's just like these little ants running around but the power an individual can have over so many people's lives or impact so many people's lives and it's like mind-boggling bizarre that you can watch it and you're like how on earth did you get sucked into this like it's Mm. ridiculous and you're talking about it on the other side and you're also saying yes it is ridiculous but how at the time did you get sucked in and you know obviously we're getting it 
we're getting it from I've come out the other side, yeah. uh, you know, and it was it was terrible. But maybe it did look good in the beginning. Maybe it was sort of like this group that you could come and have friends with and learn about yourselves and learn how to mm. look for your twin flame. Maybe it felt good. Maybe it was but a community. Also, they, their whole business model is done on vulnerable people because if you're feeling strong and confident in your own self and world you're not going to sort out those types of courses are you so they do it and it would be a pretty high success rate they make so much money yeah i mean versus religions who come and knock on doors i reckon the success rate would be pretty low except for those who are feeling vulnerable and need a bit of assistance yeah oh it's icky so i'm gonna have to go and watch something different this week dolly parton well, clearly. Yeah. Uh, and I think Fargo is probably a good yeah. uh, little, what do you call it, palate cleanser as mm. well. But I want to get into this here quiz. It's the Margot Robbie quiz. Ooh, I'm going to. I wasn't expecting that. Ah, I told you an Australian actress. I know, even but said, I went. We even spoke about it before. But I, was I went sure in a different direction. Okay, in my head. sure. So I'm going to read you the synopsis okay. of her films. Okay. And you have to tell me what they are. Okay. A group of women take on Fox News head Roger Ailes. Bombshell. Yes, yeah. from 2019. A rebellious rabbit tries to sneak into a farmer's vegetable garden. Peter Rabbit. She was Flopsy. Oh, I didn't know In 2018, that. so only a year only a year before Bombshell. Also, it feels like Bombshell came out years ago. Yeah. Isn't that funny? A faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969 Los Angeles. More? I'm stumped. Quentin Tarantino. Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm go- I've gone blank. Nominated for Oscars. Oh, my God. Maybe even oh, won some. No. What's Did it, it win called? the Oscar of the year? Sharon Tate was featured in it. Yes, well, her murder, yes, I should say. Yes, I can picture it. The driveway up and everything. Once upon a time. In... Hollywood, once in Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. Whatever it is. 2019, so the same year Bombshell came out. Yeah. Well, she went on a bit of it. She really, really did. (sighs) Based on a true story of Jordan Belford from his rise to a wealthy stockbroker. Wall Street. Wall Street. (laughs) Yeah. Got the first Wall Street of Wolf. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That one is actually a while ago. That was 2013. Jeez, that feels like that was in the height of hers. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, though. This one I've tried to watch twice. I haven't finished it. And I don't know why I haven't connected with it. Because it looks on the outside one that I would like. A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Brad Pitt's in it as well, actually. One word. South with B. B A B Y L O Babylon. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. Came out 
last year, 2020. <laughs> it's very hard for you to spell to me. I was like, what are these things you're saying? B-A-B? They're letters. <laughs> what? <laughs> Final one. This character suffers a crisis that leads to her questioning her the, her, the world and Barbie. her ear. I had to put that one in. <laughs> I had to. But she was in a lot of other things that I thought maybe when you saw the name you'd go, oh, yeah, I know of it. But I. Yeah. But there were ones where I was like, hmm. I think to give the synopsis you wouldn't be able to come up with the name. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but. All within that, apart from that 2013, she's had so much success in the last oh, sort of five she's, years. She's a heavyweight. She, she really is. is Hollywood. I should have won. Well, she's been in two movies about Hollywood. I wonder if she'll be nominated for Barbie. Please. Imagine if Barbie won an Oscar. The Oscar. The Oscar. Stick up, that up your stuff, other movies. Yeah. I don't know why I got so aggressive then. Because we love Tommy. <laughs> I loved that. On that note, Stephanie, thank you very much. You're welcome, Ken. Hold up. 